0: I'm good. How you doing?
1: I am doing well as well. Let's talk about the game itself yesterday before we move on to some of the ancillary stuff surrounding the Pats. 27-17, what did you make of the game itself?
0: I thought in the first half, no one did a good job of quick throws, moving the ball. Uh, you know, Zappy at one point, I think it was like 16 of 18, or he, he played well. And then the second half, that went away. Um, Kansas City basically squatted underneath and said, go ahead and beat us down the field. And that was it. Um, he did not throw for much yardage in the second half. He ended up throwing for five and a half yards in an attempt. Um, and oh, the turnover kills you. I mean, it's 17-10. New England's backed up, and and you know he throws a a pick. That, I mean, if if Willie Gay doesn't inter- intercept that pass, Mike Edwards is going to. I mean, there were two Chiefs standing in between anybody who could have caught it for New England and, and Zappy. Um, I think defensively, like New England – you know they they hung in there. I mean they got two interceptions. They, you know, Butker missed the first field goal. He's missed all year long. First kick he's missed all year long. Um, but it's a hard even with the Chiefs' issues on offense. They're going to move the ball. I mean they're they're sixth in the league in yards per play. They I think were seventh in the league in yardage per game going into the game. And um, I thought New England defensively, it, it was one of those things. Look, they did what you knew they were going to do. They took Kelsey away, but other guys beat him. Edwards Alaire beat him. Rice beat him. And it was it was enough for the Chiefs to find a way to get out of there with a victory.
1: Chiefs had lost four of six. How confident – do you look at this as a confidence-building performance for them or do you look at it and say they beat a bad team, a bad team that did a lot of things to beat themselves? That's exactly what you're supposed to do and on to the next.
0: I thought the Chiefs played like crap for a lot of the game, honestly. Yep. I mean, they they really did not play well. They, you know, I mean, again, Kelsey drops a touchdown. That takes away four points. They miss a field goal, which you're not going to get on Bucker. Again, it's the first kick he's missed all year, but that's three points that they normally bank. Um, they had a ridiculous – I mean, Mahomes just can't throw that interception. Just cannot throw the first one. Yep. Like that ball, take the sack, put it at his feet, whatever. It's a bad throw. It was a nice play by New England, but it's a bad throw. And that is a, th- a field goal that gets donated. And then a touchdown at the end of the game is donated because Kadarius Tony is Kadarius Toney and mm-hmm. can't stop playing for the other team. And so, I mean, how many points? That's 16 points that are going against you. Now, you could argue also New England did its own stuff, face mask in the red zone, and there's a holding call that brought back a touchdown. Now, granted, I think if they don't hold Dana there, it's a sack. And, it, and so that play probably dies right then. But yeah, look, in the end, um, if I had to grade the Chiefs, probably a C plus, something like that. They weren't awful. Uh, defensively, they were very good in the second half. But I thought for a lot of that game, they were very so-so.
1: Matt Verderam with us from Sports Illustrated, NFL Insider here on the Brady Farkas Show on DEV. Let's step back outside of the game and start to look at the macro. Look, there are other teams that are bad or really down on their luck. Carolina's one of them, even though they won yesterday. The Jets are certainly one of them. When you factor in those teams with the Pats, who has the bleakest future outlook in the league?
0: I think the the Panthers have the bleakest outlook. They don't know their pick and they're owned by David Tepper, who is way too involved. So I would say they do. I'll tell you what, man. And I know some people might disagree with this because of the quarterback. The chargers are right there Mm -hmm. That that team's a mess. They're old. They're expensive. Their cap sheets, a disaster. Again, you'll get ownership and go, are they going to get it right? You really believe they're going to get it right? Like, I could make an argument with New England. Listen, you get Judon back, you get Gonzalez back next year. That defense is already good. Now it's be really good if you add Drake May and he's excellent. I'm not saying they win the Super Bowl, but like that's a competent football team. Could they right? be this year's Houston if they did that? Maybe, maybe. Right? I mean, they're, they're, it's not like crazy. They could. They'd be competent. I don't think the Chargers even with Herbert I don't think they're not going to be competent next year. That team's a disaster. The Panthers are a disaster. Arizona has been a disaster for a century. Um the Jets all these people who think they're just going to be fixed by Rodgers coming back, have you watched the Jets this year? I mean, if I was Rodgers right now, I'd be asking for double to stand behind that offensive line. And I don't believe in the coach. So yeah, the Pats aren't good. I could give you a half dozen teams in the league easy that to, to me. Are in, the Raiders are another one, by the way. Hmm. They're in worse situations than the Patriots are moving forward.
1: When you look at the quarterback stuff, Pats right now you know, pretend to have a top two pick. Right now it would be number two. Yes. Would you rather draft the quarterback and have the rookie contract or would you like to go and make a move for a Justin Fields, a Kyler Murray? We're not sure what those teams are going to do with their high picks.
0: Why would those guys be available? Because those teams don't think they're good enough, and if I if, if they're not good enough for the Cardinals and the Bears, I'm good. Like I I don't want Kyler Murray on that deal, you know. I don't want Justin Fields when when the Bears are looking at him going. Eh. I don't want Kirk Cousins. Like they're not. You know. Like to the point of this whole thing is New England fans well know is to win the Super Bowl. You don't win the Super Bowl, with those guys. You're not. I mean, to me. I want, I want Caleb Williams or Drake May. That's what I want, period, end of story. And if they don't work out, they don't work out fine. Then you do what you were supposed to do, and it didn't work out. I, I'm i not taking some other team's you know, second-hand quarterback and going, oh, okay, I hope it works. Um, I think after this year, I think Belichick and New England, part company, you bring in what I think most people expect to be Drod Mayo, and uh, we'll see, and then you go from there. You go from there, but I, I you got to just turn the page. And I, I think these teams that are perpetually trying to get like that stopgap guy and save money, like those teams always end up just going six and eleven. And what does it do for you? You're never bad enough to get the big pick. You're never good enough to win. If I'm New England, you're bad enough to get the pick right now. Take advantage of it.
1: So you're not a fan of what a lot of people want. A lot of people want the Pats to take Marvin Harrison Jr. at two or at three, wherever they are, and then. Take the quarterback with their first pick of the second round, you know, which is you know 34 or whatever, or trade back in to pick at 29 and go the Lamar Jackson, Teddy Bridgewater route like those teams did. So you're not a fan of that.
0: No, I just what does it do for these teams? I mean the Lamar Jackson thing worked out, right? I mean, although he's even won one playoff game in his career, although I wouldn't put that on him. But like all these teams that trade in it's like Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Bridgewater's a backup who was wearing number 50 this preseason. Yeah. You know, like I know there are the examples of guys who get drafted later on and they end up working out. Those guys are few and far between. Brady is the ultimate outlier with that stuff. And most guys that win Super Bowls, they're high draft picks. They are. Stafford was number one overall. Mahomes was number 10. The Chiefs moved up 17 spots to get him. Um, I mean, Aikman was number one overall. You know, Jim Kelly never won a Super Bowl was really high. Pick. Marino, same deal. Elway, same deal. Like, all these guys. They're all up there, right? Rodgers was, was a top twenty-five pick, and yes, there are the examples of guys who weren't guys like Favre. Even Montana was a third-round pick. But for the most part, you know, you're going to find success by drafting a quarterback early. And so, I'm not saying there's no value in trading back in. I mean, Breeze was a second-round pick, and in, in this day and age, would have been a first-round. I think he was 31st overall. But like in this class specifically. To me, if you agree with the general assessment of May and Williams in some order being the top two guys, and they're big-time talent, I'm taking one of those kids, period. Like, now, if it was a class where you went, I don't know, you know, like the year when Pickett came out, okay, and you're like, eh, then I'm more up to your idea of, like, hey, trade back, late round pick. Not this year. Not with those guys sitting there. I'm taking one of those two kids if I have one of the picks.
1: You know, I, we don't have any experience with the idea of moving on from a head coach, right? No Black Monday talk here in the entire time I've been around the area. Right. The reports are out that Bill Belichick is treating business like business as usual. He's going through draft meetings. He's talking about coaches, contracts, etc. cetera. All the other reports are that he's dead man walking. Doesn't Robert Kraft need to step in and tell him to pump the brakes on doing the other parts of the job if he plans on getting rid of him?
0: I I mean, it's a weird situation. I think in the end of this season, like, let's also keep in mind too, and maybe off the top of your head, how Robert Kraft is how old? 80? I think he's like 82. Okay. Robert Kraft is going to cede more and more control here in the next couple of years to Jonathan Kraft, his son, who is going to take over this franchise. Jonathan Kraft is not nearly as invested in Bill Belichick as Robert Kraft is. And so I think the end of the season comes and the three of them are gonna sit down. And it's I think the conversation is gonna go something like this. Listen, Bill, we love you. You're 72. Like you're not gonna be coaching here much longer anyway, even if things are going great. If you want to stay, we have that conversation, but the reality of it is the team's not any good. We're gonna go with the, you know, because of this quarterback situation. Your roster building has been a tire fire in the last five years. And so we're going to strip you of the personnel department. And we're going to hire our own personnel people and you're going to work with them and you're going to, and you're going to just be the coach and that's it. And I think they both know the answer that that response is going to be, well, I don't want to do that. And so I think it ends up being a a situation where they move on. Now, my big question with this is going to be, he's got a year left on his contract. Do they try to trade him? Yeah. I mean, if you're craft, are you going to hold Belichick up here? If he wants to go somewhere and that team doesn't want to make a trade for him. I mean, that's, that's the interesting part. And don't forget how he got to New England. He got to New England via trade. I mean, the Jets traded him to New England. Does that happen again? I mean, is, you know, you talk to people in the league, a lot of people think Washington is a place he might end up. He grew up not far from there. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an ownership group with a lot of money that wants to get it right. But then you also look at this and go, look, some teams are going to be scared off by the fact he's 72 years old. I mean, how many years is he going to go there and coach? You're not going to have a 10 year run with him. I think it's very, Conflicting, But in the end, I think the Crafts are going to keep their hands off this thing for three more weeks, and then they're going to sit down with Bill, they're going to have a conversation, and it probably ends up with him departing.
1: I'll we'll get you out of here on this. You mentioned earlier Gerard Mayo most likely to succeed him. We have heard that um, from a number of different places all throughout the year. Would you be in favor of that? Is there benefit to Keeping a link to how things have always been done, or do you want to start completely fresh and go find your next Kyle Shanahan, the next Sean McVay, some 35 year old hotshot who is offensively innovative and is just a total cleansing of the palate?
0: Look, if they like Gerard Mayo and they think he can be a good coach, I don't have any problem with it. You know, I just wrote a column last week after the Chargers got pants 63 to 21 in which. I was running down all their failures, which I could have wrote a book on, but we we kept it to a thousand words. And one of the things that I mentioned in there was Shane Steichen was an assistant coach with the Chargers for nine years. And he was the offensive coordinator when Herbert had the best statistical rookie season in NFL history. And the Chargers then fired Anthony Lynn and fired Shane Steichen and let them all go. And how's that going? Like Shane Steichen was in front of you for nine years and you couldn't realize he was a good coach. So if they think that Gerard Mayo is a good coach, keep him. I got no problem with that. I would say this, though, especially if you bring in a rookie quarterback, you better bring in somebody on the offensive side who's got some veteran chops. Like, you cannot do what some of these teams do. They bring in all these first-year guys who are over their heads, I think if you bring in Mayo, I'm cool with it. But then you better have an offensive coach who's basically like the head coach of the offense.
1: Sounds like Bill O'Brien. I mean, really, the reports have been that they think O'Brien's going to stay because they be gave him a multi-year deal. He moved his fit, fa- you know, all this other stuff. So you'd be okay with that.
0: I'd be fine with that. But you got to have that guy. Like You can't fire the entire staff and give Gerard Mayo a 29-year-old first-time offensive coordinator. That's a disaster. I'm fine with him keeping O'Brien. If Biennemi goes out in Washington, if they want to bring in Biennemi, that's fine. Like, I – but you got to have a steady, experienced hand who can help this quarterback along because you cannot go into this thing with, with just, hey, hope it works out. Now, every once in a while, you get lucky. Bobby Slowick's done a hell of a job in Houston as ROC with D'Amico Ryan's coming in, defensive minded head coach. It worked out there. Don't forget with Josh Allen. That thing didn't get off the ground until Dable showed up. Like, it's, you need to have the right guy. Now, maybe you get lucky and it's a first year guy, but I think for New England, with a first-time head coach, everything else, I would want an experienced hand as the offensive coordinator.
1: Do my Seahawks have a chance tonight? No. I don't think so either. Matt Verderam, NFL director, and well, formerly a fan-sided, now NFL insider over at Sports Illustrated with us here. Uh, as always, Matty, appreciate you. We'll catch up down the road. Hey, no
0: problem at that.